Welcome to the Next Issue Podcast. We're a group of friends that love talking comics and all that it entails. Uh, we're based out of Dallas, so you'll hear us talk about how these comics make up a part of our daily lives, including our local comic shop, conventions, and other forms of entertainment. Welcome. Hey now, welcome to the Next Issue Podcast. Um, today, joining me are Mr. Josh Rose. Hello. And Mr. Kyle Condes. Yo. Uh, this is Daniel Martinez. And today our main discussion will be on the CW slash DC Universe Stargirl, episodes ones and two. So if you haven't watched the show, uh, this will be a spoiler discussion. Uh, we also might want to talk about like what we're expecting from the season. So if anything comes true, sorry that we guessed what was going to happen. <laughs> uh, but before we get into that, uh, we're going to go to our next issue segment and we'll talk a little bit about the things we've been watching, reading, doing. Um, so let's change it up a little bit. And I'm going to let Kyle, you want to go first this time? Sure. When I'm eating. Oh, yeah. yeah sorry. <laughs> Haven't been reading much because I'm in the process of I've been moving to my new place, and mm -hmm. so um. Or anything you've been watching? I don't know if you got HBO Max. Yeah, I actually well, luckily I have a friend who got HBO Max and she gave me her account, so I have free access to HBO Max. Nice. So it was I was actually more amazed at what's all on there. It it actually has a pretty extensive library. Uh, what I thought was pretty awesome is like they had, <laughs> I don't have the DVD box set, but they have the Criterion Collection of Godzilla films. So you're talking about the original Japanese subtitled and uncut versions of the films, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Are yeah. they, are they also the, because Criterion does like the best restoration you could have or whatever it is, right? Like they They're, do the. So you you know how you know how they released that Criterion box set recently, the the Blu-rays and everything. I think yeah. it's those because. Those are the films they were trying to be released for the box set. So these are actually pretty, pretty, not pretty. They look pretty nice. I'll put it that way. Okay. Okay. Cool. Now, now, Kyle, how are you watching HBO Max? Because I heard there's no Roku app, right? You go to the um, site. You go. You go to the, it's a site. You just go to the site and basically log in, like you do. It's kind of Netflix. Yeah, I think yeah, there, but, there's no Roku. There's no like uh, Kindle. Whatever. What is it? Fire Stick. Fire stick, right? So, but uh, how, so you have to watch it on a computer. You can't have it on a TV. <clears throat> uh, my friend Adam, the friend I was staying with, he has on his. I think he he has a server, and so I think you know. I think he has to open a browser to use it. Weird. All right. Then they uh, may eventually have a. Uh, they may eventually have a uh, app. But right now, it's just a browser based. That I know. Of. Yeah, because I have, well, I mean, I have Apple TV, so it's as soon as the day it happened, my HBO Now app turned yeah. into, it just turned into HBO Max. <laughs> uh, Interesting, then, all right. Yeah, and then also, if you have a, because in, in the office outside, I have a Chromecast on the TV, because I can't put Apple TVs everywhere as much as <laughs> I would like to. Uh, <laughs> do but, it but it definitely recognized they said you have a chromecast do you want to project we see a oh. chrome yeah so so i think there's there's a few options if you don't but i think for those i don't want to say niche because 
the Roku and Kindle, like Fire Stick, are pretty popular, but I think they're still working on that stuff. Oh, okay. But what did you, so did you watch anything else, Kyle, on there? Uh, I've been skimming a couple different things. Like, Mm -hmm. I noticed they had a lot of, like, uh, like they had some of the old Scooby Doo cartoons on there, and I was skimming them in. Randomly enough, <clears throat> Adam and Rachel got me into starting uh, Friends from season one. Oh boy! Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm sure you're not the only person that 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 was the first thing they watched. Wait, 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 <laughs> wait, Kyle, have you never seen Friends? I'd seen Friends, but I never watched it like everybody else did. I wasn't like I didn't watch it every oh, got it. day okay. it came out. So, so I, I like you know <clears throat> when it was on TV, I'd watch an episode here or there with friends. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. <laughs> or when it was when it was on a syndication. I catch an episode here or there, and even when I was on Netflix, I would throw an episode just to kind of see if it seemed interesting. But now the fact it's all on HBO, like all ten seasons, and I'm kind of just giving it a shot, see how long I last. It's it's the the best way to watch Friends is definitely with friends. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Josh, what about you? Oh, uh, let's see. So I um, I actually haven't been watching too much. I've been busy with work, but. Uh, I did, I have been trying to take a break and read some stuff. So I'm slowly going through the uh, single issues that came in my dynamite uh, mystery box. So I read a few of those this week. I read an issue of uh, Doc Savage Ring of Fire, which was uh, good. Uh, I got issue one of Barbarella and Deja Thoris, which based on the cover looked awful and is one of the best things I've read in a while. Just that... That first issue is one of the best openings of a comic I've read in a long time. It's it's really compelling. It's really interesting. Uh, the way that the two characters interact is is fascinating. Um, and it's uh, it's written by Leah Williams, and so oh, yeah. uh, it's it's a really in- interesting take on the character that that I enjoyed a lot. Um, and then I started the Shadow and Batman. I think I have issue four. So that's an interesting one. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's interesting because they made two different series. One was kind of, it was led by a DC team, and then the other one was led by a Dynamite team. So they have one that's Mm. Batman Shadow, and then another one was Shadow Batman. Okay. Um, Well, I was I was intrigued just because when I got into the issue, I noticed it's it's the villain from the Shadow movie. Mm-hmm. And I and I don't know if if that character is canonical to the Shadow books. I ha, I've I've only read the first five original Shadow pulp novels, um, so I, I don't know if that character originates from that or if it was made for the film. But it's if so, it's clear they're kind of pulling from the film. Then so I don't know. It was strange. Oh, good. Sorry. No, I just gonna say. So for the I think for the DC version, they definitely created an all new villain. That was, and then they made a cool, well, I thought it was a cool retcon. And this is a little bit of spoilers, but where the shadow was one of the teachers that Bruce Wayne had while he was training all yeah, over the world. That's right. Oh, that's cool. Okay, yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes total sense. I, I, I'll probably, I mean, I think the one cool thing about this mystery box is it's going to make me go back and buy, I think, the collections of all these. Like I, And I'm glad they put in book one of the Barbarella um Barsoom crossover. I'm definitely going to pick that up. And now that I know there's two different series of Shadow Batman, I have to get them both and read them. So I decided to try out one of the DC digital firsts. Um, 
And it, it's weird. I was reading the descriptions of them and I like I noticed it's 17 pages and had two stories. And I'm like, oh, that seems really fast. So I was going back and then I saw issue two looked interesting. Didn't know anything else about it. 99 cents, picked it up, loved it. And then realized it's, I guess, part one of a four part story by Gail Simone. Mm -hmm. Um, So then I went back and bought all the other issues, but it seems like issue one is unrelated. And then issue six has a new team on it. Okay. So I only bought issue two through five, but uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're nice little bite size comics. I read it in like 15 minutes. It was really fun. Uh, I like her take on the character. Um, so anyway, I just want to check that out. And then finally, I'm still reading Judge Dredd, Cursed Earth. So <laughs> forever Judge Dredd. I'm a slow reader. Yeah. Well, great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, speaking of those digital first, uh, I've been reading the Batman Gotham Knights. So obviously, of course, I was going to pick up the Batman one at least. Of course. Of course. Um, but did you get all the alt covers? You know, there was no option to for me to click on that, <laughs> but I probably would have. Yeah. yeah. So, they're, yeah, like you mentioned, they are a dollar. If you're a CU subscriber, they're 85 cents uh, because yeah. of the Comixology discount. So, like, in this time of, of comic book drought, and I say that because they weren't coming out, not because I'm yeah. caught up on my backlog. Um. You know, it was nice to have new stories. It's nice to see writers that probably wouldn't normally write the book. Like, the past few issues of Batman Gotham Knights have been written by Mark Russell, who wrote uh, oh. the, was it, Snagglepuss and uh, the Flintstones. Right, right. Um, and he's writing the the second coming book from Ahoy Comics about Jesus coming back and, and meeting uh, Superman or, you know. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So, and... All of Mark Russell's issues, they definitely have a message of like a, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, but it's not like beating you over the head with it. Like it definitely talks about, you know, the rich, but Bruce Wayne is part of that. So how does that, you know, how does that relate? Um, The latest one uh, I read, the premise is that the Joker set up a Facebook page or whatever they call it in their world, and he will pay for... Uh, every, for five people's health expenses, but they had to submit videos. And obviously, like every day, he will pick five people at random that submit videos. Doing, you know, he says, obviously, if you want to get my attention, the video should be outlandish. Oh, no. And it, escalate, <laughs> it escalates into like madness, which is kind of his plan, right? Yeah. But obviously, there's the, the topic of healthcare. In mm. there because you wouldn't need to, like people in Gotham wouldn't need to do that if they had good healthcare, obviously. So, so like I said, or, it's it's a, it's a smart way. I feel it's a smart way. I don't know, but I, you know, it, it got it really got me interested into like, okay, what kind of other topics can? It's like Batman can fight a lot of things, but there's still some things that he can't fight, like you know, bad healthcare and it, it just. That <laughs> <laughs> is. Great. That is really fascinating, especially consider. I like does the idea that basically these people would be having their healthcare paid for by with stolen money. Well, yeah, I mean, at all. Yeah, they never <laughs> touch. In, they never touch into how like, but but it did. So like the first the first day, only fourteen people submitted videos, and then but then those people got paid for. So it, it was very interesting, and and for eighty five cents, like 
I'll read. I'll read a sixteen-page story all day, every day. Uh, yeah, yeah. The the other one I subscribed to was the deceased, uh, digital first that takes place after, Unkillables that we talked about last week, uh, or in the last episode. Uh, as far as the other stuff I've been reading, I read Once in Future Volume One by Karen Gillan, Dan Mora, and Tamara Von Villen, uh, from Boom Studios. This is a, it's kind of a take on Arthurian legend, mm. but Karen Gillan kind of puts that on it, it twists it on his head. Dan Moore's art is great. Uh, and the last thing, uh, I read Creeper number one by Bear Register, Steve Zaragoza, um, and Mike Bogdanovich on art, and Tyler Ho. And the reason I read this is because in the future, you'll hear me have an interview with Brett Register, who is the writer of the comic. Cool. Um, so that should be coming out in the future. Uh, they only have one issue out because they went through the Comixology Submit program. So if you if you want to get the comic, you can go get it at Comixology. And they're working on the second issue. It is going to be, I think right now there's a three-part story. But this is something that it's kind of self-published. Uh, so it's taking a little bit longer than just a normal, not only on top of the everything that's slowing everything else down, but just an independent comic sometimes takes a little bit longer to put put together. Uh, but it's really good. The, the premise is kind of like, uh, and, and you'll hear more about it in the interview, but it's like, you know, the tales from the crypt, the crypt keeper. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, how did he get all those tales? So their, oh. t- their take is like, <laughs> maybe he was a reporter in real life. And it was, and it was those stories that he found throughout his career that then he's later telling on. That's kind of the, the hook of the book. So it's really good. The art fits really well. Um, but yeah, uh, I'll, I'll drop a note whenever we, we put that episode out. Cause it's really interesting. Uh, we talked about a lot of this stuff. Um, Brett's worked at DC comics and he's putting out some other, but uh, he's a director and a writer as well. So, um, there's some small projects that you might've seen from him, but, uh, that's about it. Other than that, I binged Space Force on Netflix, the new Steve Carell show, uh, and Greg Greg Daniels. It's really funny. It's as ridiculous as you might think, just because of the Space Force thing. <laughs> uh, and I, and I finished reading and I finished watching Bad Woman since it's on HBO Max. Ah, ah. So if you got HBO Max, the first season's on there, uh, and it's not on Netflix. So this is the first CW show that's going straight to, I guess, their own service, as opposed to coming out. Because I guess Netflix has contracts for all the other ones, like The Flash and Arrow and all that other stuff. So, so all right. So just I, I just have one more question about HBO Max because I'm just I'm really I'm so confused by it. So HBO Max has stuff in it from DC Universe, yep. right? It has stuff in it that is their other service boomerang, like all the classic cartoons, right? So Scooby Doo the Warner Brothers shorts. Um, Here, I can, I can tell I, you what's on, what's all on there. Uh, well, so I, we, I just, Oh, good. Yeah. We have Sorry. DC comics, uh, DC comics stuff. Uh, we have the Sesame workshop. So a lot of the Sesame street related stuff. Right. Uh, okay. Turner movie classics, studio Ghibli, which I yeah. haven't heard yet, but it's yeah. definitely on my list. Uh, a Cartoon Network collection, which includes all the boomerang stuff you were mentioning with the with the old cartoons and stuff like that. Uh, 
not everything. Right now, that all I've seen is like they have the Josie and the Pussycats, Josie and the Pussycats in space. Yeah, a good portion of uh, Scooby Doo and a few other things. They, have, they don't. They haven't put the full yeah, library. Yeah, they haven't put everything on there. But it's, it seems like all these are kind of curated because they also have an Adult Swim collection. Yeah, like Rick and Morty, oh. Space Ghost, uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have a Crunchyroll collection, so there is some selected anime from the Crunchyroll. Very library. small. It's like maybe about six or seven series around yeah. there. It's very small. Uh, they have Looney Tunes, and then their but their big their big stuff is obviously everything you were already getting with HBO, plus a lot of those shows uh, from like TBS or whatever. Like, in the, so, hmm. I just God, it's it's so weird. Like, so if I if I were a comics fan and I subscribed to DC Universe. Now I'm compelled to also subscribe to HBO Max, right? Because it doesn't have it doesn't completely replace that service, but it offers some of it. Mm-hmm. If I'm a classic cartoons fan, which I am, and I've looked at Boomerang a number of times, I've considered subscribing to it. And I'm like, but if that stuff's going to end up over HBO, it's like it, they're pulling their potential customer base in so many different directions. It's so weird. So it, it's funny because I think we we joke around with my friends that like. At first, you had cable that had everything, right? Right, and then right, yeah. That started being segmented off into like Netflix, Hulu, like, and and then that was the way to kind of cut the cord. And now yeah. there comes services where because they have to compete with each other, they're kind of consolidating stuff again yeah. to try to yeah. build up the bigger library. So we're kind of ending up back at cable without the cable box. Yep. And it's the most ridiculous thing ever because it's like, why did we even start separating things? Although, right, you know. Because now I have to have, I mean, yeah, I have like five or six services now, uh, which kind of adds up to the same value as the cable that yep, yep. I wanted to stop paying for. Um, yeah, so it's ridiculous, but it's nice to have it at the palm of your hands anytime you want to watch it, as opposed to with cable where you got to kind of wait. Um, so I'll, we'll, we'll keep talking about this for sure. I'm sure we'll, we'll keep exploring what's on there. Uh, Doom Patrol yeah. season two is going to be on. Yes, that's what I'm happy about. Uh, so if you don't have DC service, you can get HBO Max. Uh, but if they do get rid of DCU, I hope they launch a comic service like Marvel Unlimited, because yeah. I, I love looking back through the library. I'm reading the the Jeff Jones Stargirl stuff that they just reprinted. Mm-hmm. I look I looked at what, what issues were on there, and I just kind of made it my own my own playlist on the DCU. Um, service and and the stuff that kyle mentioned last week the jsa books that he was reading they're also on there so like i've been kind of slowly going back and trying to go through there yeah so you guys have anything else for our uh before we jump onto our main topic i got nothing all right well let's take a little break and we'll be right back with some star girl season one episodes one and two cool And we're back to our main topic. Uh, as we mentioned, and I'll say this one last time, we're going to cover uh, Stargirls episode one and two, full spoilers ahead. Uh, so, yeah, let's go into the... I'll give the synopsis, and then we can start talking about both episodes. Okay. Uh, so in, in the pilot, we, we meet 
Courtney, uh, who's seemingly perfect live in Los Angeles, gets upended with a move to Nebraska. Uh, IMDb was not very thorough with their with their synopsis, but I think I appreciate I appreciate leaving a lot of the spoilers out. Uh, and then for episode two, called Stripe, uh, after Courtney has an unexpected run-in with a member of the Injustice Society of America, Pat reveals the truth about their story. Barbara is elated when she sees Courtney making an attempt to get along with Pat. Uh, so let's talk about this, these two episodes, guys. Uh, right. What did you guys think? Of first, I guess first impressions of the show. Um, well, I'll say this much. After watching that opening scene, I want to see more of the JSA, and I'm still curious how the Injustice took out the JSA. Like, that, that simply. It was like, you know. Yeah. But, like, I, I guess yeah. they'll, they'll start, like, we don't have the big the big hitters. We didn't have Flash. We didn't have Green Lantern. So like we're like we were you know all the ones we got were Our Man, Wildcat, Doctor Midnight, and technically Starman. So I wonder if the roster was down a bit. Mm-hmm. We did see a we did see a, a Flash helmet on the floor. Yeah, oh, did we? yeah, okay. it, yeah. There's a there's a pan up during that first uh, scene. You see, uh, it, it's, it's, Eric's. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know how you would take him out, but I'm guessing that was probably smart to not show that, so you don't have to you don't write yourself into a corner. Like, you can't take out the flash. Yeah. I, 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 man, it has th- that opening scene is just, it's so good. Cause it, yeah. it, it, it sets up a really big story and then it explains why it has to compress itself down to this very intimate story. Right. It, it's, it's really good. Um, I've enjoyed the first two episodes. I'm I'm a little skittish on a few things, which we can get to to later. But um, uh, it is set up a lot. I think that's going to be really interesting and fascinating. And it's very clear they're going to slowly wrap, like kind of like layers of an onion. They're going to kind of unwrap this whole history and you know mythology of the JSA. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, what was it? Uh, episode two, like, and like I said, they, they start off the episode with Pemberton being Starman, which she never yeah. officially was in the comics. But you know, they, um, you know, she asked, "Where did he get the Star Rider from?" You go, and he goes, "Yeah, well, he, he didn't actually create it. It was created by somebody named uh, Ted uh, Knight." It's Ted Knight. And he goes, "But that's a story for another time." I'm like, "Went, yeah." Please say we get some reference to Jack in here or something. <laughs> well, and. And, and and that scene in particular reminded me so much of Starman, the Jack Knight series, right? Where mm-hmm. it's like, well, that's a story for a different time. And then you get those single issues that are like, here's that story. So when he said that, I, I my heart grew a little bit. I'm like, oh, maybe there'll be these like bottle episodes. episodes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, so yeah. It, it was almost kind of like, well, that's a story for season two. So make sure to get us renewed, right? <laughs> right exactly oh it'll be it'll be <clears throat> yeah i think I, I really like that the show feels fresh and different because it's it's not shot in vancouver so so it, it where is it shot I, is it's it shot, shot in- I, I believe in georgia well none oh. of the uh, none of the shows that they started off on dc universe were, have been shot in vancouver that i know of i don't think doom patrol has been shot there we know uh swamp thing wasn't shot there i don't think mm-hmm. oh the titans right. were shot yeah. in Vancouver. Yeah. So these are all non-Vancouver based shows. Yeah. So so yeah, and I guess it's kind of weird because it, it's technically a CW show, but only because they're showing it, but it's really not. You know, it wasn't meant right. to. It wasn't meant to be. 
which we'll talk a little bit about that more. The difference between, you know, you lose 10 minutes in the CW episodes if you watch it through there. Uh, Although I will say of of the DCU shows that I've watched, this one feels the most like a CW show. Yeah. Really? Right. I, I, I felt so. They, I think anytime you have the high school stuff, which well, it could be that. Yeah, they don't they don't lean very much into it, but it is part of Courtney's story because she is a teenager. Yeah, uh, like and you know, teenager shenanigans happen. Like in the second episode after, uh, what's his name? When the oh, uh, brainwave. Yeah, brainwave. After he's looking for, he found the school ID, and then he's looking around through like, oh, okay, it could be this girl, and like. He has to go to the PTA meeting to figure out which of the students is Courtney. Uh, and like that, that felt very CW where it was like, oh, okay, now we have to be at the school gym and there's yeah. like school shenanigans and there's a woman yeah. hitting on Pat, even though he's married or something. And you're like, wait a minute. So all that well, stuff felt very CW. Well, it, it, oh, sorry. No, 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 we're good. No, good. Well, I, I, I was just going to say, I, where it, where it kind of breaks that. It, to, that that mold to me is just how scary a character brainwave is. Like yeah, he's yeah. really terrifying, <laughs> and so uh, that portrayal is good. Um, yeah. Well, you know, what I love about it is like you know, and I'm, I'm, I mentioned this series last week, uh, Infinity Incorporated. A lot of these characters we're going to start seeing are from that series, like Brainwave's oh. son, Brainwave Junior was a was the first love interest for uh, Jade. Uh, oh. Alan Scott's daughter, and that's why yeah. like, I wonder if we're going to see that character. Like, the, you know, the and, and the characters that we see at the table, the ones that are going to become Our Man, Doctor Midnight, and uh, and Wildcat, are all the same characters who became those new characters. Infinity Incorporated. So yeah, they're, like they're, they're putting a lot of mix, not just JSA and Starman, but they're they're incorporating almost the whole lineage and, and compiling it all down to one kind of new story for the whole show here. Um. I want to touch a little bit on what do you guys think of Break Basinger as Courtney? How did like? Because I I think she's I she, think she's nailing the character as far as I as far as the stuff I've seen in the in the comics and the the TV shows and stuff. Yeah, no, I think I think she's doing a great job. Um, like I said, you know, we've had two other Star Girls. We had one in, in Smallville, and I guess I, I mean I think they were both a little bit older than normal, like how she's supposed to be. Yeah, but yeah. I, but I think the one in Smallville was a bit closer. The one we had in in um, Legends, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a funny way to kind of write off the character. Oh lord, I guess. Yeah. Um, Josh, what about you? What do you think? Well, I, I, I like her. Um, I haven't had, I haven't read any Star Girl stuff. So just the GSA book I bought's my first introduction to her in the comics. Um, and I, and I guess at the very end of Starman. Uh, mm-hmm. is it but she's great i think she's um she's bringing i think a especially with episode two she's bringing uh, a complexity and uh a bit of humanity to the character like she's mm-hmm. genuinely scared about what she's getting into and when she has to decide to go help pat that's yeah. a really really great moment uh it works it works very well um i i feel like the first episode uh, and i said this off um to the side when we were chatting before we recorded last time um 
I feel like a lot of the characters are kind of what in the first episode, the pilot, except I love at the very end when Pat shows up in his giant robot. And and that yeah. was the moment for me. I'm like, oh, he's going to be much more complex than they've been presenting him, right? And so that that gave me hope. And so going into episode two, I felt a lot more like um, um, these characters were going to be more fleshed out than we saw in the pilot. So, um, but yeah, the, the, the whole cast has been great. I've had no no qualms at all with with them. Yeah. Um, I think and the next we can talk about a little bit about Luke Wilson as Pat Duggan. Yeah. Because man, he brings I mean, like he's a he's a movie star, right? Like so he brings a lot of I don't want to say gravitas because that's not the right <laughs> word. <laughs> but he makes the jo- the show feel very genuine and like he I don't know, he brings this like this Wilson thing that the Wilsons I'm- have I'm uh, so torn on his character only on the fact that because he's playing Luke Wilson. So he's playing that, you know, the typical Luke Wilson we get from every role. And if you go by, and again, but it, it, it's, you can't hold the thing. It's like Stripesy or Stripe. Pat Dugan in the comic book is more of almost like a, the kind of guy who could get into a fight and handle himself. Whereas yeah. Luke is like, you know, when you have Icicle, I think it's Icicle, the sportsmaster, the guy was running the gym and he comes and goes, Dude, Pat, you gotta you know bulk up and everything. It's like he seems like outside of the sh- the the suit, he still seems like kind of a wimp. Yeah, you know, I was his sidekick. I was the guy when he was fifteen. I was twenty, and I helped him you know fight crime. And but he's like this kind of guy. It's like I've never saw Luke Wilson as the kind of guy who get into a fight, and I would be like, okay, he's gonna win. You know, yeah. It, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I I think they ca- they cast him more for the sidekick idea right yeah, like he yeah. he plays a perfect sidekick he's just a little schlubby i the, the end of that first episode made me wonder i do wonder if at a moment we're going to see him just kick ass like he has it in him but it's not his specialty you know he was never the one because i mean if you think about him in the first episode the things he he does he drives to the mansion mm-hmm. he, being told like you know this is bad stay away yeah, don't he come. still goes yeah. there Right. That's still very heroic. Um, and he shows up again at the end to help help Courtney. So I, I think there is a little bit more to what he's doing. But to your point, he is. He's playing Luke Wilson. You know, yeah. Just like I, yeah. anytime you see his brother, he's playing Owen Wilson. I mean, yeah, they, they play one character. So, yeah, yeah. but I, I like the you know, I think like. I don't know. Like, I, I think that's one of the things I really liked about the character is, you know, in, in the comic books, he was, you know, he was a, he was a member of the All-Star Squadron. He was a member of the Seven Soldiers of Victory. I mean, he was, you know, I mean, right. he never had superpowers, but he was still a guy who could get into a brawl and handle himself. And then now it's like, it's, and, and if not for the suit or his souped up, you know, 54 Chevy, I feel like the guy <laughs> just, he, he wouldn't be much in a fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do. I do agree. I mean, I don't, I haven't seen the Pat Dugan a lot. But in, in Justice League Unlimited, even though he was inside the robot suit, yeah, like they drew him. Like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, this guy can kind of handle himself even without the suit. He looked like he was a football player. That's basically yeah. And Owen yeah, looks, exactly. Owen looks like he was ever a football player unless he was a running back. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. He's a stocky dude. And, yeah. Um, uh, now, can we – Can we? so I, I saw an interview with Jeff Jones, uh, you know, create, co-creator of Stargirl, so – yeah, and it's something that they changed for the show, kind of, and at least as far as I know. And what he was mentioning is that the staff being sentient. Oh yeah, right. It's, it's a new thing. Uh, I got a lot of vibes, kind of like the the cape in Doctor Strange. 
Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a really good comparison. I didn't even uh, think of that. Yeah. yeah. And, and the fact that the stripe has an it has an attitude and it has like it, you know it picked Courtney uh, for whatever reason because we 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 don't know she thinks it's because Starman was her dad. Well, and right. that's the question: Is was he her dad? You and know, I think that... I think casting Joe Joe McHale as Starman was very very deliberate because he looks like <laughs> him and Amy Smart could have had a girl that looks like Courtney, right? Yeah. I think. Oh, that's a god. That's a good point. Because but... I, I did I did think that was weird casting. Like I, I think we talked way back when when he was first announced. So like, is he playing Jack? Because he would be a good Jack. No, 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 no. no. So. no he, he, he he didn't even say it. like he was Sylvester Pemberton. Yeah. He started off yeah. as yeah. as uh, yeah. the Star Spangled Kid. Then it became right. Starman. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They they kind of yeah. It, it was it was an interesting change. So, but I mean, yeah, the staff like, and, and another mm-hmm. thing I, I give a lot of props to uh, basing it for playing is because she's playing against uh, non character character, right? The staff obviously isn't there while they're filming. Um, I, I love all the acrobatics that they, they kind of introduce that early on. Like she's looking for the yeah. gymnastic team and yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's very subtle, but then when the things kind of pay off a little bit, like it's really, it's really cool. Well, and all right, all right. So my one, my one gripe with the show so far is the, the time frame and the setting, right? It's, it's trying to set up this golden age sensibility of the heroes but it's only been 10 years and and to me that's the stuff that kind of falls flat is when like uh pat in episode two tells courtney well that was a different time it's been 10 years i mean come on like it's like trying to say crime has changed from 2000 to 2010 right right it just it doesn't it doesn't quite strike the same way and so i don't know if maybe they couldn't decide on a setting um, you know, cause even in like the, fir- the opening moments of the first episode, you're like, oh, this must be set like in the fifties, right? Pat's driving his classic car. You get yeah. his classic Christmas song. Um, but it, I, I don't know. It just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't hit right to me. Is it just me or. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think that's something right. that I, I could kind of consider. Um, I do think the the way that well, the town people's oh go ahead Kyle I'll, no 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 finish your statement well because because I it was gonna be a bit of a tangent so I didn't want to get away from the setting but <laughs> uh, but the way the the town people behave and everything like it feels kind of like uh you know the the town from the movie Hot Fuzz or or oh, uh, oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 or the yeah, set yeah, for yeah. wives like there's something wrong with the town even though it all seems kind of like something's off about the town and then episode two definitely gave us more of a all the people that are running the town are kind of like ex-members of the injustice league so like what are they what is this experiment that they are planning in this town i was gonna say you know if you you go back to smallville i mean this justice society was a team set in the 70s not the 40s or 50s so even that was you know it's the only time we've gotten the justice society set in the 40s was in legends and even then the team was bringing in characters that weren't even around at that time. You, know, you have Obsidian, right. you had Stargirl, I mean, and then you have Vixen, who was even, never even a member of the JSA. So it's like, they've played around with the, I think the royalties of the characters and depending on what show you're watching. I mean, if you go with uh, Justice League Unlimited, there was never a mention of the Justice. We had that one episode in the first season where the main, the main core members go to like to this alternate reality where they, they meet members of they're inspired by the JSA, but they weren't exactly the JSA. 
And then you go to Justice League Unlimited, and then you have, you know, you have Stargirl and Stripe, and then you have uh, Wildcat who's there, and you have Our Man, and a couple of characters there, but there was never a mention of the JSA. So it's like, you know, we never actually had a good, I think this is going to be the first time where we, we have a series where they're really going to play on the lineage of that team and what who they were, what they're supposed to be. Right, which is which is again why I feel like it's so weird they're not more carefully establishing a time frame, yeah. right? Well, and, and I think um, you got to look look at it this way. Look at it the previous uh, before Crisis. If you go back to just the the, the multiverse when yeah. Flash first goes to Earth two, it's like yeah, it, you know, it's and I think Riverdale has a bad way of doing this also. But you know, when Flash goes to you know zooms Earth. Everything looks like a 1940s kind of set setting, but it's yep. in the current time period. It's not 1940s, right? Like, you know, right. And then if you go to Riverdale, you have a world where the, half the way they dress, half the, you know the cars they drive, it's all set in like a 40s, 50s. But then you have them bring out an iPhone, so it's like there's a, it's like this break in the wall of what the like. There's no exact time frame. I mean, you know, Batman the animated series did the same thing. You knew it was current setting, but the, the way everything looked, the cars, the planes, the choppers, it was all set in like a 1940s or 50s kind of look. So. The Zeppelins. Exactly. Um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and and I feel like there are other instances of shows that have have made a murky setting where it worked. Doom Patrol did it very well, I yeah. felt, where it's like, is it the current day? Is it not? Um, I just I, I feel like Stargirl hasn't quite stuck that landing. Like it it desperately wants to present itself as like a 50s and a 40s kind of setting, but it's also current day. You can't yeah. you can't have both, I feel like. And I, mean, I don't know if it's just a cost thing where it'd be so expensive to set it. Gotham, back in Gotham that kind of time. did it too, right? Yeah, it looked very old timey like New York, but it was also like cell phones. Yeah, they had all the yeah. amenities of the current day. So, right. Yeah, yeah. no, that, that's a good point. Maybe Earth I, Earth Two has this compressed timeline where we went from fifties technology to current technology just within a span of ten years. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. So, have they? This is like the most comic book fanny question I could ask. Have they established what universe this is in? It's not Arrowverse. It, it's our is it, two. It, is. it is. It is. It is Arrowverse. Back, if you go back and watch Crisis, mm-hmm. at the end of the episode where they spawn, like, the very last scene when Oliver is talking about the new multiverse, you have Earth Prime, and then Earth, they show like, you know, the Green Lantern movie universe. They show um, uh, Superman. Doom oh, Patrol. Doom Patrol's in the, the Donner. Yeah, but then, but they, then they show they show that one scene of Scar Star Girl with the rest of the JSA, and it says Earth ah, Two. Yeah, so this so, is the brand okay. new Earth Two. This is the new Earth Two, not as opposed to what we had with uh, with Jesse Quick and um, and Harris. You know, um, uh, Harrison. Harrison. Yeah. Wells. Uh, yeah. Wells. Which we don't know. They might. Yeah. But, but basically, the, the crisis ended up being a way when they started the new multiverse for them to have all these different shows and movies, but be a part of the same cohesive film television kind of multiverse. So got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. I, I really like that part. Um, and another thing I wanted to touch on, uh, Solomon Grundy being teased. Uh, oh yeah, my God. On both episode one. Like I, I think obviously they have to shoot in the dark because it'll look that much better. Um, <laughs> yeah. when, when I think it's I think it's Icicle when he shows him he goes hello old friend and you see this huge yes. face thick and cut oh yeah. god uh, now who was the other guy in that scene 
he's the the uh, the wizard. The one with wizard, the, I think. So so the, oh, one, okay. One of my problems with the the show, and this is just maybe me, I feel like three of the villains look so much alike. Like Icicle, yeah. Brainwave, and then uh, and the one that has a one, he just has dark hair, but he looks almost the same as the other guy. Yeah, like, at yeah. least the guy that has the goatee and he's a little bigger, like he has, he looks way different. But the three main guys, I was like, wait, which one's Brainwave? And like uh, until right. they, until they put on their outfits, yeah, or or you grab your one, I don't know which one you are. Yeah, yeah, no, I did the same thing to the fact that. It, it, when that scene began and Icicle shows up, I thought it was Brainwave for like the first 30 seconds. I'm yeah. like, what's he doing there? So, yeah, until you okay. see the cold breath coming out. Yeah, right. That's the distinguishing yeah. feature. Um, <laughs> I, I do like that they're kind of setting up because Brainwave was taken out, well, taken out in a in a very CW show type of way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In a coma. Uh, but they set up that he was testing his son to see if he had the brainwave powers as well. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, sometimes powers activate after some trauma in your life. So maybe... Oh, Dragon Ball Z maybe? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this, this may be something that triggers his uh, latent ability of, like, having brainwave powers. And Well, are they even going to kind of pull from the first starman story like the children of heroes well, i wonder because fighting? and this is where i like i'm really curious with the whole solomon grundy because in the in infinity incorporated series solomon grundy is the one who accidentally killed uh sylvester pemberton oh right, right, and, then, right. and then if you go back to the old you know starman series solomon grundy plays a huge part in that first portion of the yeah. comic book series because that's where yeah. like i just i wonder where, how, where they're going to go with it that character yeah. Oh man. I don't know. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want a flash crossover with Stargirl. That's um, what everybody wants right now. Well, but it was, uh, the the girl who, who plays Stargirl, she wants to do a crossover with Supergirl. Well, I only which, want I only oh, want to be Stargirl cool. because I want to see Grodd, King Shark, and Solomon Grundy. Oh Jesus. All together. Oh God! That I, maybe that out of amazing. I want to. I want to see the crossover with Supergirl only because if you go back to the last season of Justice League Unlimited, they actually have uh, the first episode of the last season is uh, Green Lantern, Stargirl on Stripes, and Supergirl, uh, and it opens up in Japan. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then uh, basically they have the point where like all the girls are like huge fans of Supergirl, but they hate uh, uh, Stargirl. And he goes, "But look at my stepdad. He's a, literally a mech." <laughs> Right. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm, I'm definitely interested in that. You know, if, if they do Supergirl, Parasite is a big CGI. I just want all yeah. their CGI monsters together for once. Like oh, one cool God. shot. Uh, even if it looks like when, uh, even if it looks like when Flash went to Gorilla City, mm-hmm. and the CGI wasn't very good. See that, and that's what makes me worried that in fact we're not going to get a. Um, uh, a lot of Grundy yeah. uh, just because, you know, I mean, if, if they try to do with Grundy, what they did with him in the Jack Knight Starman book. Oh God. Yeah. He, he, he needs so much subtlety to do that. I think it'd be oh. very hard. To, I mean, they're gonna have to hire uh, um, what's his face. Uh, crap. Uh, Andy circus uh, to come in and do it. I mean, that's Jeez. like, yeah. So, what's uh what's the what are the Jim Henson puppets um department doing? 
Let's just make a puppet <laughs> of Grundy where we just shoot every, every time you see Grundy, you only see like from the neck up. <laughs> well, that's a way to help help the budget. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see because they've kind of introduced all these other uh, characters that will become the new what looks to be like the new JSA. Um, right. I don't know much about um, what is it. I want to. I was gonna say Catwoman, but it's Wildcat. I guess that she'll turn into. Yeah. Uh, I don't know much about. Yeah, I don't know much about her because I only know Ted Grant as Wildcat. In in the comics, she is Ted Grant's goddaughter. Oh, okay. Mm. And which is, I think, it's funny. Funny because Beth, who's the black girl, is going to become the new Doctor Midnight. Like all the other Doctor Midnight, somehow is blinded. She's a doctor, and again, again, her her mom's a doctor. But in the comics, she's a doctor who again goes through the process. New Charles McKnighter, and then you have Rick Tyler who becomes you know who's rex tyler's son because rex Arman. tyler yeah yeah but in the in the original infinity corporate he gets addicted to the miracle pills until later when because of the android they brought back from justice league uh 3000 or whatever you know that series yeah. he became a member of the jsa and he ends up helping give rick a thing where he basically it's like a patch you hit the patch and he gets the strength for like an hour the hour of power whatever they call it yeah uh and then for so uh the girl that's always talking to her parents at all times during the day, she's the one that's going to become uh, Doctor Midnight. Midnight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, wasn't I really, sure. I, I really like the casting of all of them because they it's it's very clear they're casting more for the characterization and not for you know say like you know a, a, spe- a specific body type. Yeah. Like, oh, which, make which it I think like, is wonderful. Yeah, make it look like the comics was not their first. Uh, right. Right. I think other than Courtney, which they nailed, I don't think they were going for like this has to look like the comic book. Well, and fun fact, because I noticed it in the opening credits of the first episode. Uh, clearly, they're going to have to bring him back because why would you pay for this actor? But Elliot from E.T. plays yeah. the original Dr. Midnight. Uh, uh, it is Henry Thomas, and he has literally one line in the first episode. So they're going to have to bring it back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, I think, well, I really hope we have one or two episodes where we go back to the old JSA because I, I want to see, I love every time they pull the picture. I, I really like Joe McHale yeah. and Starman. Uh, and I like all the, the outfits of everyone. Like, it's kind of cool to see the parallels between the old and the new. A Dr. Uh, That's going to be cool. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because Doc, Dr. Fate's interesting because the helmet of Naboo doesn't care, right? It's like, <laughs> I feel like that needs to be a bumper sticker. Yeah, the helmet yeah. of Naboo doesn't care. Yeah, especially if you watch the, the Young Justice recently. Well, not recently, but like I think season one or two, like the helmet of Naboo only needs uh, uh, a user. It doesn't care yeah. about agendas or a good versus evil because it's just an, an agent of uh, order. Right. Um, so, so that'll be interesting how they characterize that. Uh, I'm glad to see Amy Smart back in something. Yeah, I was like her. I, I, yeah, I remember watching all all the the movies, the romantic comedies and stuff like that that she was on in the 2000s, mm-hmm. and just didn't know whatever happened to her. But you know, I think she fits really well in, in the the fat Courtney's family. Seems very interesting because they all kind of have their own little stories. Even the little right. uh, brother, the stepbrother. Yeah, yeah, I love. <laughs> he 
he yelled whenever he grabbed the pancakes, he yelled prison rules. And I was like, yes. how does it how does this kid know? <laughs> I, I, I don't understand. Is that is that Pat's kid from another marriage or yeah, is that yeah, that's what I assumed. Yeah. Because yeah. his name is Mike Duggan on the I'm looking at IMDB. So his name is Mike okay. Duggan. So I think he's yeah, so I think they're stepbrothers. Uh but yeah, why would a kid like that yell prison rules? Has he been watching Oz? Possibly. <laughs> Probably. He looks like the kind of kid that would watch Oz. So, they got they got uh, HBO Max in that household. It's 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 very subtle product placement. So uh it's called corporate <laughs> synergy per deck uh Jack Donaghy. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I, I I was really impressed with the way they've set up a lot of backstory that they can explore later without it feeling like obvious backstory right yeah. so yeah um yeah i mean i like that there's immediate consequences to everything that courtney's doing as opposed to like just kind of being able to get away with everything um, yeah i i appreciate because i am watching on dc universe i think we get it like the morning we get it monday mornings and I think the show airs on Tuesday nights on the CW. If I'm yes. not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. This explains why it took so long for me to get it. Because I'm getting it on YouTube TV, I think, on Wednesday or Thursday. Like, yeah. it's really late. So Really? I, I watch it Wednesday when I'm... Like, it's it's, it's usually up on the CW website by, like, 1230 uh, Tuesday or Wednesday morning. Yeah, it should be Wednesday morning, I guess. Um, but, yeah, because... I'll, I'll check this week and see, so... Because yeah. it was just Memorial Day this Monday, so I was home. I mean, I'm home all the time right now because <laughs> I'm working from home. But uh, yeah, I, I looked at it. The, the Apple TV told me, "Hey, new Star Girls up," and then I told you guys about it. But then, but then I realized that the CW wouldn't air it till the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we could talk a little bit about like the difference between the services. So if you watch the DC Universe uh, version, you get like an extra ten minutes of stuff. Uh, and, and was that they, the same with episode two as well? Yeah, yeah. All the episodes okay. on DCU are about fifty plus minutes. Okay. Whereas in CW, we know they'll have they have to stick to forty two, right? Because of the the TV, unless they do like a limited commercial thing or whatever. Um. Yeah, but after doing some research, the stuff that they they edit out, it's nothing. It's nothing that would affect the story, really. I mean, I think we all three of us have the pretty much the same understanding of what's going on in the story, even though we watch different versions of it. I just uploaded a picture from the uh, Infinity Incorporated number twenty-five. It has all of the three new characters who we're going to see in the show. Oh, that's. Do you cool. actually have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the three coming down is Rick, oh. uh, the new Wildcat, and the new uh, Doctor Midnight. And then, so these are the kids that she sat down with at the loser's table. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, I see. Okay. It's just very subtle. I like that there's a, it's right next to the picture of Tom Welling from Smallville. (laughs) (laughs) Now he can can play the Earth Chief Superman now at at the difference of age. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, Tom, and Tom Welling, so he just looks, he's big and jacked and he makes other Superman look small, like Tyler Hecklin. No kid. They all make him look small. I mean, yeah. look at Brandon Routh compared to him. Mm-hmm. Jesus. <laughs> Which we did, and we did get uh, the Superman and Lois series. I don't know what it's going to be called. I think it's just Superman and Lois or something like that. It will be airing 2021, I think, when all the TV stuff comes back, but that was announced. Mm-hmm. So that'll be cool. 
Um, but do you guys have any final things to talk about on Stargirl? Not really. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I just I'm curious to see where we go. I mean, I I, I know we everybody's seen the image where we see the lineup of the new of the new JSA in costume, but I have a yeah. feeling that's probably not going to happen until near the end of the season. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, it's a lot of. I, I would think with the pace. Yeah. Um, I just sorry, Daniel. I, Good. No, I just wonder we're, if we're going to get only thirteen any... episodes in this, the season one, right? Mm. But, I just wonder if they're going to if they're actually going to bring up Ted Knight or any of the Knight family, or are they going to stay there for another season? I mean, more of it, more of it. Explain more about yeah. it. I would hope. I would hope when we do get an origin of the Rod, that that's where it kind of leads us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, I was going to ask Josh: Has your daughter watched this show? No. I, I, I tried to, I keep trying to get her to watch it with me and she just won't sit down and do it. She's become a full fledged teenager. I did get her to watch the, the opening scene. Cause we just watched all the community and I knew she would like the scene with Joel McHale. Oh, yeah. and so she watched that and enjoyed it. But then as soon as it like switched over, she's like, I'm out and just like walked <laughs> away. So uh, no, no, not okay. yet. I will keep trying though. Cause I, I compared it to The Flash, which she liked. And in my brain, she just watched. And Hazel was like, I watched that like years ago. I was a little kid. And I'm like, oh, all right. It's one of the seven years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, it's been going on for so long. But uh, yeah, so this first season will be a little bit shorter than, well, I guess not shorter. Shorter for a CW show, but this is how long the DCU shows are. Uh, well, at least, no, at least no. the summer one sometimes. I mean, well, I mean, if you think about it, I think, uh, no, I think the first season, of, I can't remember, Riverdale, I can't remember if it was 13 or a little bit more, but yeah, yeah. but I mean. Legends is normally like 16 to 18, yeah. uh, which we just got, we're getting the season finale next week. I think so. Yeah, which I love Legends. If you're not watching any of the shows. Oh, the last Legends. episode, so yeah, they've all got, they all got put into TV shows. So oh, you start off with an episode so like it was like Friends, and then you go to like Downtown Abbey, and then you actually go to where Sarah and uh, what's her her girlfriend are on basically Star Trek, and yeah. you have Sarah actually talking like Captain Kirk. Oh, it's so good! Like <laughs> it's just really enjoyable. Um, so oh god. So I think, yeah, I think this and Star Girl and Bad Woman are like, um, yeah, Legend, Star Girl, and Bad Woman are. Now my favorite, now the arrow's over. They're kind of the shows that I'll probably keep watching. I fell off for the other ones. I fell off with Supergirl and The Flash. Um, maybe over the summer I'll catch it on Netflix and, and see if I can go back whenever they... Because the shows aren't coming back till 2021 anyways. Yeah. I think they already mm-hmm. announced that all these delays, um, uh, you know, they'll, they'll cause the shows to won't... They'll be on hiatus, so I have plenty of time to catch up. Oh, yeah. Um. All right. Well, uh, if nobody else has anything for Stargirl, we'll take another little break and then finish up with our recommendations. All right. And we're back uh, for our final segment. Uh, we will go into our recommendations for the week, uh, tell you some things that you may want to look into. Uh, so, Josh, why don't you kick us off? Sure. So, um, 
as usual, when I don't have a rec, I uh, turn to uh, my favorite online site, Humble Bundle. And uh, they've, they've got a, a number of stuff up, but the one I thought I would recommend this week is a uh, cosplay like a pro bundle. Um, it's up for another 17 days at the time of recording. It's a b- whole bunch of ebooks about like learning how to sew and design costumes. And uh, I know there's uh, a lot of overlap between the cosplay community and the comics community and just the fan community. So um, I thought this would be a great bundle for people mm-hmm. looking to get into it. So uh, for $1, you can get uh, one, two, three, four, five, seven books on um, cosplay design. And then if you want to work crazy. your way up to $15, you can get a whole assortment of books uh, on on uh, sewing and uh, uh, you know design. And uh, there's a book on steampunk and cosplay, which guarantees you'll win any cosplay uh, competition. Yeah, steampunk, uh, ste- steampunk versions of characters are usually the coolest looking. Yep, they they almost always win, uh, much to my detriment. And it looks like the highest tier is twenty dollars. But good lord, this is like a couple dozen books. I mean, this is a ton of books. So anyway, that's one, my rec. One quick question, uh, Josh: yeah. What's your cut of the humble? <laughs> whenever people yeah. buy humble bundle, what yes. are you? How much are you getting from it? I I get eighty percent. Uh, uh, I'm my own charity. So, uh, you, you just go to the charity section. It says Josh Rose and you just 100%. It's called Josh's kids, but it's really just about racing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, no, no. I just, I just go to Humble Bundle like every day to see what's up. So, no, that's fine. Uh, but you do, you, you can go in and change what percentages go to who on Humble Bundle. That's something that Mm -hmm. a lot of people may not know, but if you want to give more to the charity as opposed to, uh, you know, the other sources, that's something you can yep. definitely change. Yeah, um, no, that's, that's a good tip. Cause they have, they have three options. It's like, it goes to the creators, it goes to the charity they've chosen. And then the humble tip. Yep. And there's sliders and you can change all those. So. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, Kyle, what do you have for us? Honestly, I hate to say it, I got really nothing. I would just say, uh, I gave the JSA last week. I say, check out if you can infinity incorporated if you like you i think you can pretty much find it on comicology or dc universe just mm-hmm. check it out if you want to see kind of like want to learn a little bit more of the actual characters that are probably going to be seen because i think really out of any of the new ones the only ones we get in the more recent jsa comic books is going to be rick yeah. outside of that we don't we don't see beth or the new wildcat in any of the new stuff because we you know in the new jsa uh, the jeff john series uh we get uh ted grant's son who has the ability to transform into a half cat half man person and you're, oh, and you're really, cool. and that, that's why like people always say like ted grant has no superpower and I'm like the guy has nine lives he can't be killed like he, there's some mystic yeah. thing in his blood that he cannot be killed and like and we saw it in injustice you have where basically you have jason todd shoot him he ends up dying batman takes him to the hospital says take him off the respirator boom he just comes back to life out of like just out of the freaking blue so the it, for somebody who's just like a tough old man, he's still got some skill and there's something about him that I think we could learn more about. Yeah, it'd be maybe interesting to do a little mini sort on Ted Grant and some of his highlights or something like that. Um, I, I, if we ever get it in season two of Stargirl, I'd like to see it if maybe like we kind of find the relationship between, if there is any connection between the current one and the, the previous one. 
Okay. And the so this book you recommended it goes with the image you posted on the chat, right? Yeah, Infinity Incorporated. It was from, I think nineteen eighty two eighty three from DC Comics ran fifty three episodes episodes issues. And yeah, and it's 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 and again again it's one of the early uh, starting points for Todd McFarlane. So yeah, you get to see some of his early work. That's what I was looking at. I was like, oh wow! I went back to the picture and I saw the signature. I was like, is that the McFarlane I know? And then I looked yep. at the timeline and I was like, holy shit! Yeah, this is. Well, yeah, he, was, he have a lot of DC work, but I guess this is some of it, huh? Well, yeah, he did. Uh, he did some covers for Batman. He, he also did uh, the first. There was a five issue limit series when they introduced the new Hawk and Dove in eighty. I think right after Crisis, and he did all five issues of that. Well, and, and then he did Batman Year Two, right? Which did was he? a bit later. I, I, he did the covers at least. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, no, he, he did. He did, he did the Batman covers. I don't remember actually ever doing a Batman issue. Now that, I could be wrong, but I just remember seeing the covers and not. Hmm. I, I, okay. I looked at the cover and go, oh, "This is kind of cool." And you look, go inside the issue, and it's like, "Oh, it's not the same thing." Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, great. Uh, well, in my recommendation, uh, it's a new comic book out. I actually haven't read it, but I. I've, I've been following along with the release of this book. It was a little bit delayed because we weren't getting comic books. And I actually haven't even picked it up at the shop. Uh, but I did borrow it on Hoopla. It's already on Hoopla. <laughs> I'm going to end up buying it anyways. It's uh, it's called Bog Bodies by Declan Shalvey and with art by Gavin Fullerton. Uh, the synopsis for the book. An Irish gangster on the run after a job gone wrong stumbles upon a young woman lost in the Dublin mountains, injured, unarmed, and non the unlikely pair must evade pursuers and survive the desolate bog that has served as a burial ground for unspeakable murder throughout history. And then I was like, wait a minute. As, as I was preparing for the episodes, I Googled what is bog bodies because uh, it's kind of weird. Like, so apparently a bog body is a human cadaver that has been naturally mummified in a bog. And I was like, what? So Solomon Grundy? Well, yeah. Except I guess they're not moving around. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was weird. Um, but I like Declan Shalvey's uh, stories. I, I recently read his uh, Old Man Logan stuff, and, and it was very good. He's not doing the art on this book, but he, you know, I think I he's one of uh, the people that I kind of trust. So I'm, I'm looking forward to going to finally pick this up at the shop uh, some point this week or maybe next week. Um, I did go to the store yesterday. I went to the comic shop, but I could only pick up my Marvel stuff at the Sanctuary. So once I'm able to go to a Titan Comics, uh, I should be able to pick up some of these other indie titles and stuff that uh, that I'm behind on. But um, okay, well, uh, I think that'll do it for our show. We we hope you guys are doing well during this quarantine. If you're still in quarantine, if you've gone back to work, you know. Good luck. Um, stay safe out there. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully, the, the show, if you're listening, brings you a little bit of relief from what's going on in the world. Uh, a much-needed distraction. But um, So stay safe. Uh, thank you guys for joining me again. Um, we have some pretty cool stuff coming up in the future. Like I mentioned, we got an interview with Red Register, creator of Creeper. Um, I interviewed my buddy, Mike Rappin, who's uh, the creator and host of the I Read Comic Books podcast. Uh, and we just you know, he, he told me about how he came up with the podcast, what, what the struggles are of doing a podcast. So we definitely had a good conversation there. Uh, and then just kind of like how we try to get people into comic books. Uh, so yeah, look for that in the future. Um, other than that, we wish you guys are doing well. 
if you can go get your comics go get your comics because the comic books stores need us until next time uh keep reading comics thanks guys all right see ya Thanks for joining us. You can find Next Issue on Twitter at Next Issue Pod, on Twitch at Next Issue, and on Facebook at Next Issue Podcast. You can find Clay on Twitter at Clay underscore Harrison, Kyle at Kylepedia, Adrian at Adrian underscore Harry, Daniel at Echo Spider, and Josh at Cosmosis. Hail Bebo. Bebo.